Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another True Crime Tuesday. I'm your host, Isabella. And I'm Esther. And this is Oddly Unexplained. So, a little bit before we get to tea of the day, this case is Australian. Yes, we've not done a lot of Australian cases yet. Yes, because, like, if this is, like, your first episode or, like... Never heard of us before. Yeah, it's we're Australian. Yeah, live in Australia. I mean, yeah, and yeah. So this is this is like a case that we're quite well known as. We followed it when it was happening because yeah, it happened for us last year. Last year. Yeah. Now, yes. before I tell you what this case is, Asta, tea the day. Okay, so we've had two cups. So I'll start out with the first one, New York breakfast. Amazing we tea too. Highly recommend it. Um, great tea. Yeah, it tastes like warm, warm and autumn. Yeah, and then we had a chai latte. Well, we're currently drinking a chai latte. It's a good chai latte. It's a really good chai latte. It's like, um, it's very sweet and light, yeah. but it still has that chai in it. What you find with a lot yeah. of chai lattes. They're either they have no chai or they have too much. Yeah. This one's like that perfect balance. It's from, I think, Aldi. It you is said? from Aldi. It's a good chai latte yeah. mix. Recommend. Yes. But okay. today we're going to be covering the disappearance of a very young girl who was gratefully, and we hope all cases in the future can go just like this one, was perfectly reunited with her family once again. This is the case of Cleo Smith. So I do want to say just like for a little like reflection on this case because you'll see bits where we talk about like I feel like it'll come up in this case. So at this point in time from like I want to say like early August Mm -hmm. to November at like first of November or something. ACT was in lockdown. ACT was in lockdown yeah. and most of Australia was. Yeah. So this it isn't set in ACT? No. But it's like a lot of the country was yeah. coming in and out of lockdown, but the ACT specifically was full in lockdown. That's not yeah. where this case so is. But this that was actually when we started our podcast. This is yeah. sort of taking that was Yeah. That was the time frame. But so you'll see some of the things with this case. They're so dependent on the fact that there was lockdowns happening. There were borders closed. COVID was actually a really big part in this case. And unlike in a lot of cases, like you see with missing persons cases, a lot of the ones that happened overseas in places like America and the UK, COVID actually made it so much harder for these cases. But in this case, it was really beneficial. Yeah. Those border closures actually probably helped. especially WA yeah. was like, because like it was sort of like, it's like a whole political thing. Yeah. But sort of the states were sort of taking, con- sorry, I keep saying sort of, they were taking control. Yeah. So what is yeah. WA where our case takes place were locked, closed. Yeah. You couldn't get in there without like proper, a permit or there was you have a, have a reason. So like, unless you were transporting supplies or goods, or you had some important reason to go, you couldn't go in there for holidays. You couldn't go to see family. It was locked. Yeah. And that, Seeing as this, that's where this case happened, it was actually really helpful to the investigation. Yes. But it was the 15th of October, 2021, at around 6.30 p.m. when a family arrived at Blowholes Campsite in Massaloid, around 80 kilometers north of Carnarvon, WA. 
The family consisted of four-year-old Cleo Smith, her mother Ellie Smith, stepfather Jake Glidden, and her sister. Now, at around 8 p.m., the family headed to bed in their family tent. So they were all in one tent together. Yes. Now, it was probably around 1.30 in the morning when Cleo woke up, asked for some water, and then returned to sleep. And it was then 6.30, 6 a.m., when the family awoke and realized that both Cleo and her sleeping bag were missing. So more into the search element of this case. So the family briefly searched the campsite, but then called the local police at 6.23. Okay. So the police arrived at the scene at 7.10. Okay. So this is on the 17th of October. Mm -hmm. So her mother, Ellie Smith, was very confident that Cleo wouldn't have left the tent. And she's very young. I agree with that. Yeah, she's... If just like a like a mind like a eye opener of how young she is, there's a picture of her being found and she's holding like a a zubaduba, which is like it's an ice block. It's basically. an ice block, and it's like it's like a third of her body. Yeah, it's, in length, and then not that big. No, that was yeah, that was a shocker. So, and she started kindergarten this year. So yeah, she was like four or five. Mm-hmm. Um. So her mother, Ellie, yeah, she was very confident and she was like, Cleo would not have done that. And the zipper of the tent was opened further than she could reach. All right, that makes sense. Which led the investigators to believe that she did not leave the tent and got lost. Yeah. So it's not sort of like, originally they were treating it as a search and rescue. Yeah. But her mother's pretty convinced. Yeah. And on the 21st of October, so this is... Um, 17, 18, five days after she went missing, Cleo was declared missing and a 1 million Australian dollar reward was offered to anyone who had any information about her disappearance. Wow. There was also strict border controls put in place and she was unlikely to have been out of state as well as like the COVID-19 borders at that time. Mm -hmm. And I do want to say a lot of people threw a lot of hate towards her parents. Yeah. From the point of there was a 15 minute video Mm -hmm. and a lot of people said they didn't cry enough. That's like Madeline McCann all over again. Because I feel like it's important to note that people react to grief differently. Yeah. And they did, and the uh, Ellie actually had to, like, um, disable her Facebook account because there was so many people. Yeah, I remember that definitely makes me think of when, if we go back to Madeline, you look at those news reports and people were, like, just immediately accusing. And it's, I think it's, it's not okay because people yeah. are grieving, people are suffering, and people are just pinning the blame on them for nothing. So do you want to get over to a more positive note? Yes. Now, I'm going to jump in to when Cleo was actually found. So it was the 3rd of November, which is 18 days after her disappearance, when Cleo was found alive by police in a locked house only minutes away from her family home in Canaveral. Um, The police entered the house at 12.46 a.m. after receiving a tip and and obtaining the appropriate forensic evidence to, to obtain a warrant. Now, the house was searched and Cleo was found in a room inside the house. Cleo was reunited with her family that very day. And there's an there's our video online. You can see that. And it's a police officer. Yeah. 
holding her up and it's like, what's your name? And she says, my name's Cleo. And that's like, it's a very sweet video. It's, she, it's, yeah, it's heartwarming. It is. Cause now. I feel like we talk about like, just quickly that we talk about like so much murder and stuff on this we podcast. Do. It's uplifting to see someone be found. Yeah, and I actually, I'm going to talk about, we always bring up cases where the police work was a big reason why nothing happened. Because the police did their jobs wrong or missed things. People were and very obviously thinking about. This is a case, case where it's not like that. It's exceptional police The police work. was, the police work Do you want to go on to the investigation? Yes, I do. So I'm going to quickly touch on the evidence that pointed to police towards the house where Cleo was found. So... A key clue that pointed to the house was video footage of a car driving away from the campsite in the early hours of October 16th. So that that's a really big one. And that car, that footage of that car actually helped them point in the right direction of a person, yeah, person's interest, which helped them lead them to this house. And another key piece of evidence was that the man who lived in the house where Cleo was found was seen at a Woolworths buying nappies even though he had no children of his own. Yeah. So both of those things sort of alone, they don't point to anyone, but together. And that's when the anonymous tip was made yes. into the police that it's led them to the It's not house. anonymous anonymous anymore. Yes, it's, it was at the time. I don't know who did it, but yes. I will just quickly want to say that the person who did make the tip, actually, they put up a photo of him, the man, yeah. on Seven News, uh-huh. while talking about how she had been captured. Yeah. And the man got hurt in the street. This, like, he's a hero. Yeah, yeah. And he's now suing Seven News, which is, like, yeah, the right thing. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. And I do also want to say mobile phone pings as well. Yeah, they were another big thing that led people in the right direction. Which is just, like, crazy, the technology. Yeah, it is. Days. And I think this case, it's just so great to see how the it was a combination of luck and great 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 police work that just led them to finding her so i'm going to talk about the trial which is kind of like an incompleted thing it's still happening so, so we don't have final um yeah. convictions and things so on the 4th of november which was let me just check a day after she was found mm-hmm. police charged 36 year old terence Durrell with two offenses yep forcibly taking a child under 16 and child stealing, which is kidnapping. Yeah, yeah. So he has pleaded guilty to child stealing. No jail sentence has been given yet. And as of January this year, he has another offense, which is assaulting a police officer. Okay. So we're still awaiting final conviction. Yeah. Yeah, I think... Sorry, if you hear a bell, it's just... The cat. Yes. I think this case, it's just such a great case to see in the grand scheme of missing children cases that we have seen in the past. It's just, it's very different. Asta, do you have any final notes before we wrap Uh, up? I just want to say how, like, incredible that police work was. Yeah, I totally agree. Everyone involved. Yeah, that was some exceptional work. Um, Now, even though this case had a very happy ending, there are still so many missing persons and missing children's cases out there that have not had their conclusion yet. So if you have any information on any missing persons case within Australia, 
you can go to missingpersons.gov.au and report. Pretty simple, and it can make a world of difference in these kinds of cases. Yes. So for socials, you can find us on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, at Oddly Unexplained. And uh, you can contact us personally at Gmail, which is Oddly Unexplained Podcast at gmail.com. And you can find our website, which I do recommend checking out, which is probably biased, but like, I think it's a good website, um, which is oddlyunexplained.com, www.oddlyunexplained.com. So thank you guys so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed and we'll see you next week. And remember to lock your doors.